the worst moments of our life. Hey, girl, hey, that's bad. Uh, so speaking of, like, worst ever experiences. That is the worst ever. I don't feel so good. And that was my worst audition How bad can I be? <laughs> and we feel the pain is best or funny. Welcome to Worst Ever Podcast. I'm Alok Khaled. I'm Christine Lakin. I'm your host. She's not. I'm the co-host. Thank you very okay, much. Good. We don't have to fight about this every uh, week. And we have a an old friend of mine. I think I've known this person for over 20 years, maybe close to 30. Um, Dale Godboldo, right? That's correct. You nice might remember him from the Mickey Mouse Club. Yes, yes. You might remember him. You did a series with... Jenny, Mac- Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, called Jenny. Yeah. Malibu Shores. Did not do Malibu Shores. I thought you were the black girl on Malibu Shores. I was not the black guy on Malibu okay. Shores. <laughs> black tur, black tur. Good God. Um, that, we've known each other for over 30 years. You, I can say you that. were on the Wanda Sykes show. I was on Wanda at Large. With, Wanda uh, at Large. I did an episode of that. I love her. Did you? Yeah. yeah you did. I saw you. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but most recently, you would know Dale from The People vs. OJ that yes. aired on FX. Yes. That amazing true crime, what you, I guess a reenactment drama, Mao. It wasn't a Mao. Okay, but it was, it was like a, a series. It was, it was a. Um, we call it a limited series. Limited yeah. series. It Thank was you. genius. And then he's now, he just did a pilot for Fox, right? Yeah. Did a- Called uh, The Gifted. Which Ooh, is sort of Marvel. an X Men uh, yeah. series. Ooh, fancy! Yeah. yeah, he's just guest starring on it. They're not bringing it back. No, um, <laughs> never. It's it still fancy. It's still fancy, right? So let's start with Mickey Mouse Club. Right on. You were out of Dallas. I was out of Dallas. You auditioned in Dallas. I auditioned Big Cattle Call. I don't know, a couple thousand or several hundred out of uh, Dallas alone. Yeah. You sang. I sang, danced, acted. What did you sing? I did. Uh, uh, Don't Be Cruel by Bobby Brown. Ooh, Ooh. I love Don't Be Cruel. Yeah. Did you have a track? Did you sing to a to a track like from a boombox? I probably. I probably. Who's going to play that on the piano? So yeah. I call the, Dale's um, seasons were towards the end of the series. The golden years. The golden years. <laughs> yeah, I call I called this group the relief pitchers. The relief they pitchers. sort of replace the like the party yeah. and Albert, Dee Dee, mm-hmm. Chase, Tiffany, and that was my shot because they wouldn't let me on there with that Albert right. at the same time. And they, um, you were the Al- the new Albert. That was the new Albert. Yeah. Um, and you guys were fans of the show. I hadn't watched it that much. Uh, I'd seen it, and I thought it was really cool. I was a fan of the party. Yeah, I liked the party because we just Albert was so cool to me. I mean, I I really did look up to Albert. So, because so we just talked, we just spoke with them, and they had no clue that you guys were fans of the party. I was like, dude, yeah. they loved you guys. Yeah, they were yeah. cool. And you were there during the Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. the Britney, mm-hmm. the Carrie Russell, the Tony Luca, the Ryan Gosling years. Mm-hmm. And I recently read that you mentioned that there was during the Tony during the Voice because Tony Luca uh-huh. was on the Voice, yeah. And that the reason why Christina Aguilera was such a bitch to him <laughs> was because <laughs> she had a crush on Tony and he wasn't responding during the Mickey Mouse Club way back in the day. Way back in the day, I got in so much trouble with 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 that guy. I, I said it to TMZ. But they ended it all together. What I said was... Go ahead. If you remember, Christina was a- absolutely unnecessarily mean to, to, to Tony. Everybody knew that. On The Voice. On The Voice. 
what I said, I got captured, I got cornered by TMZ, and they asked me if I had any theories on what happened. And I had a sprawling answer that basically, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. Everybody loved Tony. You know, Christina was in love with Tony. Brittany was in love with Tony. My Lynn was in love with Tony. Everyone was in love with Tony. Right. So I'm not sure what's going on now. They cut it together to say that basically the reason that she was mean is because of some sort of unrequited love right. from Tony back in the day, which could be further from the truth. Well, she was 11? Okay, right. But, okay, but see, it's. I have to tell you, yeah. and just being an insider on, yeah. from the outside, because yeah. I knew you guys at that time as well. Right. I could totally see that happening, and I only say that because of this, mm-hmm. because Christina, what you saw physically and what came out of her mouth vocally right. was like two different people. And, and Mouse Club, from what I remember, just had no idea what to do with her because she was. That I mean, that voice was like th- there was no other. She yeah, it was. It, I'm gonna tell you a story. When we wrapped the Mouse Club, uh, I, I mean, I've always been in love with Christina's voice and 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 her talent. And her mother actually gave me a shot at being her manager for a Hot Minute. Oh wow! And uh, I got with Tony Luca, I, ironically, and we were working together to put together demos for her. She's uh, like how old at this time? Oh, t- twelve. Okay. 13-ish, yeah. right around this, because this is right after the Mouse Club, like the few months after. And uh, we were putting together demos, and Tony had written songs for her, and I was using her uh, Mouse Club recordings to shop her a record deal authorized by her mom to let me do it. And the feedback from the industry was that it'll never work because she sounds black, and we already have a Taylor Dane. Oh, I wow. could not get anyone to look twice wow. at her. They just thought it was too much of a gimmick that would that was outdated. And she wasn't getting love out there. And I believe that the really the main reason she got picked up eventually was because she sung the Milan soundtrack. Right. A producer right. reached out to her, got her on that song, and that song got her a record deal. But her voice alone, people couldn't see it. It's, they couldn't get past the fact that she was a white girl, tiny little white, little white, girl, girl, little white girl, girl, sounding like a 40-year-old like black woman. Like a knobby need, soul. Like, like a soul, yeah. A knobby need bottle cop glasses. Like, she was the She's nerd. a little nerdy. She, she was, was a little nerdy. She was real skinny, and she skinny. had no but, And like, yet, you know, and she... I mean, when you looked at the cast at the Mouse Club, mm-hmm. she stood. She stood out, and then yeah. when she sang, she really stood out. And yeah. I mean, I would say a threat to the rest of the Mouseketeers because that girl's voice. I mean, I, I remember. Well, she, I think honestly, she was so far beyond anyone that it wasn't even about a threat. It's like, okay, Christina, that's. There's no competing with that. That's what right. she I mean, does. She does that. No one's Brittany, in that honey, even. You just go dance. You just yeah. Well, I'm gonna go dance. I'm gonna go act. <laughs> right. I'm gonna be funny. And she, you sang, girl. You That's sang, what yeah. you do. And so I don't think anyone had any sort of competitive nature with her vocally, at all. So I then, can't imagine. So then, what the hell happened with her and Tony Luca? To this day, nobody knows. Nobody. I well, don't I re- know. I remember I really seeing that episode of The Voice when she, when he first auditioned, or you know when he. And she turned around or whatever, and she didn't know who he was. Yeah, and I was like, "Is she serious right now?" Yeah, like, is this, like, and I I'm didn't like, see that because they worked how many seasons together? Uh, two. Okay, two. I mean, it ha- it's but, been a long time. Could she not have but recognized? You, it's but, possible. It's possible she didn't. I mean, look, I'm always she sees a lot of people. Obviously, she sees a lot of people, and you're far away. Lights are in your, you know, lights are in your eyes. Who knows if she didn't visibly see her? And I heard 
I believe, and I don't want to misquote him, but I think Tony had gotten some clarity from someone that when his name was said, she didn't hear it. So you've got a face, no idea that Tony Luca that she hasn't seen in a decade is going to be on the show and did not hear his name. And that's what that was about. So that's I, I think that was a little innocent. But the later stuff. That's a real worst audition. The later stuff. I I don't know why she was so. Is it because she didn't pick him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a competition show, so. I don't. I know they made up. I know they're cool now. They're cool now. That's what I. Are they collaborating on anything? They're cool. Uh, It was Tony here, or is he in Michigan? Oh no, he's out in. uh, He's on the East Coast. He's in uh, uh, Nashville. Oh, he's in Nashville. That's right. Okay. Um, Okay, so. A little bit more of the Mouse Club. So, mm-hmm. you when you you did you do the whole because we Didi and Albert and them they didn't really have the camp thing that you guys had. Did camp. You? Oh, the audition camp. Yeah, yeah. We had a. <laughs> so there were about so they auditioned about I don't know the numbers somewhere between twenty and thirty thousand kids from around the country on that round of auditions, right? So in Dallas there were however many five hundred, six hundred, whatever in mm-hmm. Dallas. Wow. I auditioned there and they picked me. From Dallas and then from from various places, there were about I don't remember the exact number, but let's say around 18 to 20, uh, about 20, 24 kids or so from around the country. They flew us all into Los Angeles here. Uh, I'll never forget it. We stayed at the Sheraton Universal City Um, and uh, we were here for three days and we had to learn a new dance number, uh, learn a new song and learn a new skit. So we worked all those three days, and then they put us on tape the last day. We did it. We flew home and waited however long for us to for them to call us. And, then and out fr- of those twenty five kids, they picked they picked eighteen of no no they picked uh, I want to say fourteen of us. Wow, that's really something intense. like that. Yeah, that's a really intense audition. Yeah, and you were deep. you yeah. were one of the older ones. I was the oldest yeah. one of the new crop. I believe my Lynn is slightly older than me, and Kevin is a little older than me, and all the parties older than me. Well, yeah, because they're your yeah. Everyone's and then, uh, and I heard, and if I remember, I'm almost sure that Carrie wasn't didn't originally audition for Mouse Club. Uh, Interestingly, some of us didn't. I I went in for both Newsies that movie, the Newsies, and Mickey Mouse Club directed. That's right. Yeah, and I I was actually kind of bummed. I really wanted that uh, that movie. (laughs) But yeah, Tony didn't know anything about the Mickey Mouse Club. They didn't even mention that to him when he was auditioning. And uh, I don't know about Carrie. I think, I think Carrie, Carrie went wrestled, in for something else. No, too. I think she auditioned for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids too. Really? Because she ended up doing that movie, she but did. two years so later, they, they wanted her for that. But they said, I think it was the same cat. I mean, I could be wrong. I think it was. I think Matt Casella. Oh, really? Interesting. Was and saw her and said, "We want her on Mouse Club." I mean, she was a beauty. Well, then they must have waited two years or so to do the movie, then, because then she left the Mouse Club and did Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk. No, the she kids. did the <laughs> she did the she did the Mouse Club while she was doing the movie. It was during. Trust me. Really? Yeah, because I was here with the party. There you go. Better. better I was here with the me. party when she came out to do it. No kidding. And I met Little Richard on the set. Little of Richard. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Whatever. Honey, I blew up the kids. Whatever the hell that one was called. <laughs> shrunk. Yeah, I was. Well, I no, was. On, I think the second one was blew up the kids. I think yeah, they blew up I, the kids. I think really? it was blew up the kids. Yeah. I think they get. I think really they get big. big or something. They giants. Oh right. Or something. Oh right. Um, okay. 
And I, yeah, because she was shooting at Lake Bonne- at the at the uh, Disney Studios, oh, and we were visiting her on set. Right, that's I was, right, that's right. That's I was it obsessed was with Rick Moranis. He was like my idol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she was like, "Come to the set." So we came, and I was like, "Oh my god, Rick Moranis!" And then we were walking back to our cars, and on the bench, and I still have the picture. I th- no, I don't have the picture, but it's um, Little Richard sitting on Little the bench. <laughs> that's crazy. And I was like. Uh, Chase, hour. There's Lil, there's Lil, Lil Richard. Richard. <laughs> oh so we took pictures with Lil Richard. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I remember now. You're right. It, that that was during production. She did go off and do that. I remember now. Yeah. And she was only on for uh, the first two years, and uh, and then I was on for a total of four years. Yeah. She just got a star on the holiday. On I the know. Page. I saw it. I'm so oh, proud wow. of her. Yeah, it's great. She's actually how I got out here. I stayed with her when I first moved out here. She yes. put me up. Her and Tony put me up in their house. That's right, cause and she introduced me to her manager. Got me, got to totally. Resp- Carrie Russell is singularly the most important person in my career, probably in terms of getting me going out here. Love that girl. Yeah. Um. So then you fit, wrap the Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. Do you go back to Dallas or you come here? Uh, well, no, you guys went. I went tour. back. To, yeah, you did we the did Target a tour. Work. Well, no, no, no. We did. We did a couple things. We did the Target tour. I, I'm so bad with this, but sometime around the endish of the doing the series, like within that last season, we did a Target tour. But after we wrapped, we also went on a USO tour. Right. We toured Army bases. Oh, cool. And we hit Germany, you know, all over Europe. Um, Those are really amazing. Yeah, it was really one. amazing. Yeah. That was incredible. How long did Disney own you? Uh, I don't know what the math is. Probably around four and a half years, four years. Yeah, because when you did the there. record, because you guys did it, what they did was they tried to do what they did with the party, but without those contracts that right. the party had, because right. they had. Oh no, we didn't have a record. I don't even to this day. I don't even know if we have a record contract. You we had, were it was technically part, employees of right. Walt Disney. Right. So what oh, they did was gotcha. they did that all yeah. around. This is how this was. They remember all around. Yeah, yeah, Albert said. They learned their yep. lesson with us. Yeah. And they so just made overall deals. They made we overall own you deals. and you will go do whatever we want. You so much work. so that, you know, we wrote and pro- co-produced the theme song. And I don't get any royalties for that. You know, yeah. me, JC and Tony wrote that that theme, the, the end credit, the theme song. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, they just own it. Whatever. They, they, I remember looking at the contract as I was a little bit older and it was like anything that you create, the publishing, all of that, they own that. Right. You know, now. Wow. I think Rona had a slightly better deal. I think Tara might have had a slightly better deal, but I just signed whatever they sent me. Yeah. I was, you know, they owned me, lock, stock, and barrel. Wow. So then you came out to, after all that, you came out to LA, and then you did, is the first job after that with Jenny McCarthy? Uh, yeah, that was the first series regular job. I had done a few little things like Moesha, and I had a couple recurring well, roles. who hasn't done Moesha? Who hasn't done Moesha, right? <laughs> Standard. <laughs> You did a Tia and Tamara show, I'm I sure. Did, yeah, I did that one of those. those. I did Sister, Sister, I think. Yeah, I did, I, I did that, I and think. I did Smart Guy, too. No, Smart Guy is what I did. I did Smart Guy, and I it, my guest starring de- was with Destiny's Child, the oh, no original. Kidding. No kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah. Classic. Oh, yeah. It was amazing, and my scene was with Destiny's Child, with Beyonce. Miss Destiny's Child Destiny herself. Child. Yeah. Um, wow. So then Jenny McCarthy, because she, she just got off this whole MTV thing, and then yeah. she was a huge... That's my heart. I love Jenny McCarthy so much. She is one of the coolest uh, girls, women I've known out here. And how long was that? Two seasons? No, we only had one full season, and I don't even think they aired them all. But um, yeah, we knocked out 22 episodes, 
And, you know, it didn't do very well. <laughs> it, we had fun doing it. Everyone got along on set. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was really good. Well, interestingly, a lot of people don't know this. Um, Eric McCormick was in the pilot. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they, they replaced him. With you? No, not with me. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's a, no. that's a rewrite. No. No, that's a rewrite. Yeah, they replaced him, and we redid the pilot and everything. And wow. then, you know, I think the year or two later, he got Will, Will and Grace. Grace. Yeah. Well, lucky for him. Lucky for him. Some people bounce back well. <laughs> yes. Well, you're you in your career that I've noticed. You're always that guy that's continuously working. Knock on wood. Knock on but wood. But like, which is I think this is a good thing for an actor mm-hmm. is that. Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah, oh, I'm that guy. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, that guy. Uh, you're the. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, what, yeah, yeah. I know you. Mm-hmm. But I'm those that guy. are the longest careers. I hope so. They're 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 character. They're called character actors, yeah. right? And that's always been what I wanted to be. I've never really had an interest in being a, a what a quote unquote leading man, unless I'm a character actor that becomes a leading man. I'm, right. I, hey, I'll take leading man paycheck. Right. But my interest in being an actor is playing wildly different characters. I like to come in. I like to come out. Um, and so I've been fortunate in that. I've had that kind of career that I'm very I'm very proud of in that way. Yeah, the sidekick almost. Yeah, I like the yeah. sidekick. Or if I am, you know, I've been the lead a handful of times, but there's still very interesting scenarios. The very interesting characters, but mostly the sidekick, mm-hmm. interesting person. You know, that's outside of a type. Right. I don't really have a type, which is, I think, I think a lot good. of actors really like that, and I, I like that. I, I like not it's having good a type. If, if people, if you can walk in and then kind of fit into. You know, whatever yeah. role they're looking for. I mean, it's it's. I think it's almost harder sometimes if you are such a specific type because that's that's really all you can play. You know. Yeah, it can be very limiting. And it can be uh, great when that one role comes up. Hey, but, you know, I'll take it. You know, ain't nothing wrong with being to Tom you, Cruise. Yeah, exactly. But if I, you're a certain I, type, there's. Yeah. I guarantee you, there's thirty, forty, fifty other actors yeah. in this town that are also that type. So right. it doesn't matter. You're still competing against them. That's right. What that's is right. the worst job you ever had? Oh God! Well, in, in 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 as an actor? Yeah. Oh God. Um, Where you like hated going to set? Like you just did not want to deal. Honestly, I'll be really honest. I have never had a bad experience working. I can honestly say that. I have. I <laughs> damn near had a nervous breakdown. Uh, back in '96 while I was working, but it had nothing to do with the job. Uh, I had other things going on, and literally, um, my father, uh, it was so bad at one point. I was just really depressed, and I was homesick. I'd never really been away that long. I was out here hustling and hearing rejection for the first time. I'd been working since I was a child, and all of a sudden, going on auditions and hearing no, and, you know, your Mm -hmm. entire, L.A. can eat you up, you know, and spit you you up and spit you out. And it was starting to happen to me, and it was so bad that I remember... uh, Tony and and my 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 other friend Scott they uh they you know had kind of reached out to my dad and said you got to come out and get this kid man you need to you know he needs a break mm-hmm. but I was on a recurring show I was doing a show called Good Behavior with Sherman Hemsley at the time oh yeah and I was really in bad shape I'd lost thirty pounds I wasn't doing well but I knew how to work right. so I was literally I couldn't do anything. So literally my dad would have to help me get me dressed almost it almost feed me and help get my my stuff together get me to the set point me to the direction of the set sit me down 
and then walk off the set. They'd say action, and I could say my lines, do it. And when they said cut, I was just turned back into a zombie. I just couldn't get my, I couldn't get it together. And my dad would come and grab me by the arm and take me back. And we did that for the last week. And I had a recurring role. That was my fifth episode. And we went back to Dallas. And, you know, they called and said, you know, we want him to come back. He's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And my family and myself, we were like, I I got, I can't come back. I got to take a break. Mm -hmm. And so I spent about, you know, about a month at home, getting some good home cooking, you know, spend some time with my family, get some home love, get re recalibrated. And then one day my dad said, all right, boy, you ready to get back out there? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And then I came back and I, I was fine. But Thank that, God for your family. That was an extraordinarily difficult period. How old were you then? God, I was probably 21. That's so weird that you yeah. would go. Because you don't seem, as far as I know, you seem very like together. Which Grounded. doesn't mean that you're not together then. But to have all that put on you and then still like feel like. Well, and not only that, but knowing you, you do love to work. I do. Yeah. And knowing the way that this city works the absence doesn't make the heart grow fonder here it's like we yeah. forgot about yeah. you yeah. so it was dangerous yeah you know and that's going on too so you don't want to leave but at a certain point you got to do what you got to do and that's what i had to do i didn't have a choice so so then you took the break and then you came back mm-hmm. and started re-auditioning again that's right and got right back into the mix of it and i was fortunate Never and then heard. next job uh, I booked uh, a series called Kristen with Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot. You have the best. You've worked with the best people. I know. She's amazing. I feel, like they're, ta- amazing. I feel like they're taking advantage of you, Dale. They're using me. <laughs> they're using me up. She's lovely. She's great. I worked with her, too. Yeah, One of the is. nicest yeah. people. Isn't I did a movie she? called You Again with her. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah. She's so sweet and, and so talented. Very, very talented. Very tiny. <laughs> She's super tiny. She was hot off of uh, her Tony for Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. And she got her own show. And I was fortunate enough to get cast uh, as a New York bike messenger, which I didn't even really know what that was. I'm from Dallas. We don't have bike messengers, right? So I remember getting that, and I actually had I flew to New York. And I hadn't really, I'd been to New York, but only as a kid. And I had to go to New York to actually see what, these what people that did. is, like what that's all about. Why are you wearing it? Like they always describe the characters having a big bike chain around his, around his, right. it was like, why would you walk around with a big, thick bike chain? And so I had to go to New York and I hung out with uh, bike messengers just to get a sense of their, even what that is. And it was great. It was my first time I ever had to, I guess, research for a role. <laughs> and it was fun. Did you shoot in New York? No, we shot in LA. But it took the show took place in New York, right? Yeah, that's cool. Or the storyline. How long did that go on? <laughs> we didn't last long. Uh, twenty two <laughs> episodes, and I think they aired. I think might have aired all twenty two. I don't remember. We didn't do that well either. Yeah, she had the same kind of look. She because that other series, which Pushing Daisies, Pushing Daisies. I just I thought it was brilliant. It was, and the fact that they didn't survive, I was like, this is crazy. I know. Yeah, Pushing Daisies was great. I know. Yeah. Um. Okay, I want to get into OJ just because I know we have to fast forward just a little because sure. I'm so intrigued by all of this and I know this one is going to have a million and one questions. So first of all, let's just get into your love for OJ and why you're such a freak about that trial and then let's talk about the reenactment of that whole well, situation. I'm, I'm going to. And I, I don't know if we've, we have talked about this on the show before. But you have not told the stories of what you were doing to try okay, to get into crazy. that courtroom. Okay, so 
<laughs> I was upset. I was obviously obsessed with the OJ trial. I had just moved to LA. It was in '94. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. And um, I won't mention their names, but one of the Musketeers' moms, because the you know some of the Musketeers had already moved out here, so one of the Musketeers' moms was visiting for like a month or so, and was you know I had we were we had time on our hands, so they're like. She's like, let's let's go to the OJ trial. And I was <laughs> <So> like, crazy. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I had seen the chase because I was like, oh my god, that's like down, this is the four hundred five. Like it was seeing something so familiar and such and make headline news like that. It was like it was like when breaking news was, had turned into TMZ. Right. It was like the first time it wasn't about a bomb hitting. It was OJ going down the four hundred five in a, a white Bronco. Right. So and seeing the fans and the signs on like the the signs the, back in Brentwood yeah, as he like like comes back to Brentwood, the cra- I mean, just it the was crazy. crazy. It was crazy. So I was like, "Yeah, let's go." Not knowing it was going to be a shit show when I got there, I had no idea. It was like a carnival. It was like a circus, and I mean, like from the sales of like T-shirts to like I have a crazy. I have a Judge Ito. Pin. I have like I have the full like I have you were full, all in huh? I was in it but like the first day I was like this is fucking crazy I was like I looked at my friends I look at my friend I said we got to get in that courtroom she's like well what do you mean I go oh we're getting in so every morning we would go and try they had a lottery and it was literally like a bingo style turning thing with a cage and numbers and they give you a ticket and if they they had like because it was such a publicized trial they only had like five seats for general public wow so they would like pretty much auction them off instead of having people wait in a line and fight about the first person that was there they were like you get in line you get a ticket and then they it's put at the other, random. They and put then the, they randomly pick and they numbers. Put the other side of the ticket, and it's a top, total lottery. And then they roll the bingo thing at like whatever six thirty a.m. That's crazy. I can't believe we didn't show that. And they give like five tickets. Well, we would never get picked, but we would go every day. And as we went every day, we made friends in the line. There was a woman who would wear a wedding dress every single day to the courthouse. Um. Because she thought she was going to marry Johnny Cochran. Oh, my God. And she would be. So I made friends with her. There was a woman (laughs) who wore a red dress every single time. I don't know what the significance of the red dress was, but she literally wore red every single day. And her friend, I called, had had braids in her hair. And I called her Lady Braids, right? So we became friends with these people. So they knew the in and out of the courthouse on Temple. Right, <laughs> so they know the in and out of the courthouse, and they said, "Okay, they go when they do recess. They go up to the thirteenth floor. I think it was the thirteenth floor, and there's a snack shop, and you'll see, you know, some of the lawyers there, and blah blah blah. So I, we would go up to the thirteenth floor. We'd, we'd be in the elevator with um, Ethley Bailey. No, Dominic Dunn. Dominic Dunn. Thank you. Oh, oh Dominic, Dominic Dunn from Vanity Fair. From Vanity Fair. Okay." All right. Um, so, well, uh, you said writer glasses. I know I should have gotten it. Okay. I should have gotten it. Sorry. So, Short hands a little off. So, like he was in the elevator, and you're like there's mm-hmm. Dominic Dunn. Like, this is like because you see them on TV every single yeah. day. Because you have to remember that daytime television died. They lost all their soap operas. Every network switched. Is that what killed it? 
There was after at when the OJ trial started airing, one network started and they realized the ratings were going through the roof. So they All suspended daytime television and just aired the trial. Every network that's aired right. that trial every single day. So wow. that's that I mean it just become became this phenomenon. And what you see on TV between the lawyers is like this angry, crazy, like argumentative, lot of like approaching the bench bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And what you see in real life, and I'll get to that, is totally different. So um, <laughs> at the snack shop, right? Hanging so out. well, because then you would see them like walking, oh hey, shaking hands and blah blah, blah with op- opposing. Uh, t- right. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, "What's happening right now?" Right. So it was almost like they were performing a sh- on a television show themselves. Oh, they were. Well, yeah, that's exactly what they were doing. I so mean, the pancake makeup. It got to the point where I had this bright idea to get my acting class involved because I was like, "I have to get numbers into this <laughs> lottery because the more people I get there to get a ticket, the more chances I have to get into the courtroom." So I came up with this idea to my whole acting class, which is like about 30. <laughs> and I was like, here's what we're doing. We're making fre- a fake press passes, and we're going to bring video cameras, and we're going to pretend to be media. And we're going to get on the – that literally almost had like a velvet rope for the media. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and we're going to do like funny interviews and interview and just do a whole documentary kind of thing. This is during the time of VHS, by the way. Wow. Um, so we're going to like – we're going to do this whole thing. They loved it. <laughs> and I was like, it's a shit show. It's a great acting thing. Blah, blah, blah. Sure. So we all show up at like 630 in the morning. They, I said, the only thing is, is I, if someone gets picked, I get to go in the courtroom with my friend. He doesn't give a shit about the fake, the fake press passes and like the, you know, the acting class actually trying to do some kind of, you know, improv or whatever. That's all a ruse right. just to get the numbers. I just he need just to get in to that get courtroom. Okay. So... So did you get the number? So we got the number. Got the number. So me and my friend split the time. She went in the morning and I went after lunch. Right? Nice. So in the meantime, we're on the press line. And when like Cochran and 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 Shapiro, when everyone would enter, it was a shit show. And it was like it was as if they were entering a premiere of a movie. When I saw John Travolta in your mm-hmm. series, mm-hmm. I was like, this motherfucker has nailed it. Yes. Yeah, he was so good. Nailed it. Yes. Because, I, I, and I, I bet you everyone thought maybe he was a little over the top. Yeah, a lot of people thought he was a little, no, no. A little over the top. Because we did interviews with Shapiro. We have that. We, I wish we could find Patrick Day has the tape. Oh, my God. We did interviews with like like Howard Stern style interviews. Yeah. Where we're you like, say you were from Highlights Magazine? We said we were from USC. Um, <laughs> USC. <laughs> Journalism. I can't. <laughs> yeah, literally. And so we did like horrible, like we would say like racist things to like Shapiro and stuff. Like it was horrible. This was the nineties. We didn't know, and we were kids. And that theatricality, he was actually he was, like that. He right? shows up. He's got full pancake makeup. Full yeah. pancake makeup. Contours. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this guy's like where he was ready for the cameras, mm-hmm. and he stopped at every camera, no matter what, and he answered the questions. Of course. Oh, who? Are, oh, USC. Well, do, you yes. remember, uh, USC? do you remember? Tra- do you remember Tracy Savage? Yeah. Judy Savage's daughter. Yeah. Tracy Savage is the one that found out about the socks, the bloody socks. So we interviewed Tracy Savage. What do you mean she found out about bloody she socks? She was a news anchor. She was in. The, she was the one that broke the story about oh. the socks. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh. Yes. So we wow. interview her. I mean, we just went through it. It was <laughs> oh fucking crazy. That's so crazy. it's now we're going in the courtroom. It's the courtroom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy cow! I'm going. I'm going in. And it's during the limo driver's testimony. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Al? No, uh, I, don't I don't know. The limo driver, which ended up being the one question that the jury came back to ask about. That's right. That was the thing they came back. It was the was, only question they asked. Right. And there was the day that I was there. That's very cool. It's weird. I'm getting chills. Um, So I literally freaked out when OJ walks out because it was, first of all, Judge Ito had literally no control over what was, it was just, he was just like this little peon. It was just weird. I was like, what's going on? Because OJ would walk out. The man is up for murder. Who knows? Life sentence, right? Mm -hmm. He walks out and is like waving at people, waving like a rock star. Like he's mm-hmm. like like he's entering the stage. It God. was fucking crazy. I was like, what is I'm like I'm like I have no one to talk to. I'm like, what is happening <laughs> now? Wait, what's he doing? I'm like, cause I'm thinking the guy is on yeah, trial for yeah. murder. Double murder. He's literally like, hey, waving and like winking and pointing. It's good to see you. That kind of thing. And I'm like, this is fucking fucked up. Yeah. Wow. Then, you know, they're the both sides, defense and prosecution, are arguing with each other. To take a break, mm-hmm. and they're like, How was your day? Blah, blah, blah. Like, they're like, like, was like hanging out. Yeah, hanging out. The, I'm like, going, the... This is a fucking shit show. Anyway, so when to you, now to you, yeah. <laughs> now your series comes out, yeah. And it's, first of all, it's like the 20th anniversary at that point, yeah. 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 Um, and I was obsessed. Ha- the best part is, had no idea my friend Dale was going to be in it. <laughs> You're just so excited to watch it. Then I'm just excited like, to watch it. <laughs> I knew him. And I was like, Dale? Dale? <laughs> so I want to know the audition for that. Yeah. That's you, what I you, what, what now? I want to know your audition for my that. My audition was easy breezy, man. Um, it came out. Agent called me and said they're doing uh, the O.J. Simpson trial. Ryan Murphy. Uh, do you want to go in an audition? And I was like, damn straight. So I had the sides. It was about... A page and about two pages, and it was specifically. It was two. I'm sorry. It was two scenes, and it was my scenes about um, telling OJ. Actually, one scene actually was cut from the uh, from from the second episode, but the other scene was me talking to Johnny about falling on the sword. And Tell everyone what the what the character is. Okay, so I played uh, Carl Douglas. Right. Carl E. Douglas. Carl E. Douglas, not the <laughs> Kung Fu Fat. Yeah. Oh. That, his name was Carl Douglas, too. Uh, uh, Carl Douglas was the managing director at the uh, Johnny Cochran law, law Firm. He was Johnny's right-hand man. He was um, sharp, and to this day, one of the baddest attorneys in, in the country. Um, and uh, he was the basically the, the workhorse. He was the machine behind the scenes. Uh, uh, even even a little bit more than what we showed in in the series. So you know, I didn't really know his name that well uh, when I got the audition because you know Shapiro, of you know Effley Bailey, um, you know Johnny Cochran, and I recognized his face. He's always in every yeah. shot, but I didn't recognize his name. And then I started researching him, and I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I, I want to play this guy. Um, so I prepared for it and, uh, went in and knocked it out and then didn't hear anything for like six months. Oh, wow. 
uh, maybe a little bit less, maybe three three months, right? And then they called me and said, hey, you got the part, we think, pretty much. Just sit tight, and we're not ready to go yet. So then I waited like God. another three, four months. Okay, we're ready to go. And uh, here's crazy. when you're going to start. So, so it was literally almost six, seven months between the audition and actually walking on set. Did huh. you ask why that was when you got when you actually started working? Well, there was a lot to put together. You know what I mean? And I couldn't talk about it forever. Even after they told me I had the part, there was months where I couldn't say anything. And they were announcing all of the cast members. And, and I was like dead last to be announced, you know? They locked all those yeah. well, that stars. Was, that's they were what, probably also had to wait. Just they had a lot of actors to lock. Well, yeah. that's what I was so fascinated about was how they nailed each person. Like, yeah. Like... Sarah Paulson was brilliant. I mean, brilliant. I, I brilliant. I was like, this is Marsha. Cl- like, I, you oh, couldn't gosh, so when they good. do at the end of the series when they do a side by side. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? This a- girl. Everybody like, was like that on the set. Judge Ito. Judge Ito, my man. Because there was there Kimmy were moments Joy. in the series where they would cut to the actual footage of the trial, yeah. right? Yep. And it was the real Judge Ito. I think no. The, so when they did that turn, like in the TV screen, no, that, that was us. They I never, they him. never cut it. I know that, that's especially when you looked at it through the TV cameras. What was interesting about the way they shot it, um, that TV camera, yeah, point of view was rolling a lot, and we didn't always know it. So even if the cameras in front of us may not be pointed on us, it might be pointed on, say, the jury. That camera was always going. So every oh. take. Whether the camera's on you or not, everyone in the courtroom was acting out their role. Got it. And it was fascinating to watch everyone down to, you know, the, you know, the 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 a cousin of O.J. Simpson's mother, right, who was cast sitting in the jury box. I mean, sitting in the right. the, the, the the gallery, the for gallery. instance. Yeah. Um, everyone, all the extras, everyone had to play every moment, take after take after take after take. Whether the camera's on you or not, it was it was a lot. I mean, of the courtroom looked well, yeah. identical. Yeah. So did, was that was that, meticulous. That was a replica. Absolutely, it was a set that we had on set. There was a woman dedicated with her computer, her laptop, uh, that was dedicated to pulling up scenes from the trial that we were able to look at before we actually played them out. Oh, so we were God. matching up uh, a lot of what actually happened right there on the spot. That's that's insane. I had no How idea. How long was the shoot? Oh god. 6 months or so. And exteriors of the courthouse well, it was all over the place. You got it was it was crazy. Uh it was all over the place. The 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 courthouse stuff was done actually only over the course of maybe a week or two because um sometimes we would capture multiple episodes in one day. And we would have different directors. So one day in particular, in the courthouse scene, we had three different directors shooting three different episodes oh. in one day. Oh, wow. So it was what, insane. That was my other question. If you, if you shot in sequence or if you, if, or if, or if you went all around? Uh, mostly in sequence, but they, we bounced around a lot. We did bounce around a lot. The other thing that fascinated me that I didn't know about it, watching the trial live mm-hmm. was the... Restaging of OJ's house. Wasn't that crazy? Oh my! I had God, no idea that no that idea. happened. That was crazy. 
and it was so brilliant. And the fact that you guys got you guys as if you're the actual, yeah, like I did it right. Yeah, if they the fact that they got away with it. Well, let me tell you something. I uh, uh, I become friends with the actual Carl Douglas. Oh God. And, oh, I was gonna, okay, I was gonna ask. If and you I had him. a chance to spend a little bit of time talking to him about different things. We actually even watched one of the episodes together, which oh, was really bizarre. Wow. I'm watching him so, watch me. Be him. Be him, and he's watching me on there, and it was really bizarre. Uh, but I asked him about that. I said, come on, man. Did you guys really do that? He said, absolutely. And I said, is that legal? <laughs> How is that legal? He said, absolutely. There's nothing that says that you can't do that. I was in shock. I was like... It's, it's just so strange that they would ever take a jury to the scene of to his well, house. No, I, I, in I knew that, but the fact no, that happens. I that think ha- regularly. That happens because yeah. you want to give, especially you want to give them a sense of his family environment, right. and because sure. yeah, I mean the, and guy, the scene of the crime. It, it's yeah, not it, that it's, happens all the time. Yeah. The idea that you would go in and oh, redecorate yeah. it to first of all, what was dynamic to about that to paint a different picture than who he was mm-hmm. for that jury. Mm-hmm. You know, basically replacing pictures mm-hmm. of him with his white wife and his white friends, replacing that with his mother and other yeah. black people to make him more Afrocentric exactly. or more within the different black community, artwork, the, different all artwork, all of that to appeal to that yeah. jury. But I, I wouldn't put crazy. it. I, I wouldn't put it past anyone in a defensive position like that to not do that. I don't think I didn't I don't, know that you could I know, do I that. I, that I mean, I don't. I didn't know you could, and I don't know how many defense attorneys are that savvy. That's to some think savvy, about it. savvy. That's stuff. like, that's that's some crazy. Like, to, it's gangster man. Well, it's the same thing. With, <laughs> it is. It's the same thing with the glove. That was a huge for them. Yeah. That was a huge, huge thing for them to do. Yeah. And the fact that they had OJ try that glove on, it could have totally gone. Could have gone a either whole way. Different direction. And what's yeah. so brilliant about the, what we showed, and you know, obviously there's some dramatization in it, but basically Shapiro trying on the glove right there and, right. and saying, you know, this isn't going to fit. Right. This is not going to fit. We, and then, you know, the Dream Team essentially manipulates Darden into mm-hmm. mandating that yeah. OJ tries on the glove. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a circus. It's insane. Yeah. Wow. Well, that scene, by the way, with Sarah Paulson at the bar describing how he could have done it to oh, yeah yeah Wasn't that great Fantastic. one of the most brilliantly written and uh, that scene was yeah. like unreal unreal because you just watched the finale no this is like in the middle of the season she where she, the, him and yeah. her and darden her go, and darden go out oh away. yeah yeah, yeah. I and know they, she does this whole thing about. with shot glasses yes it's fucking brilliant yeah. Well, I'll tell you something else that you guys at home didn't get a chance to watch because um, we didn't shoot it. But in the scripts, they had alternative theories hmm? on who killed, I, I uh, figured. Who, who did the murders. Um, and for whatever reason, they cut it probably for time or I don't know, creatively, maybe they chose not to. But I read it and the theories were awesome. They explored his son doing it. Jason. Some, Jason. Yeah. They explored something else, some other theories. I don't remember. But, you know, I, I was anxious they, they to see that. They had a drug theory. Too. The drug theory. What's and th- there theory? was a scene. They were going to, they like shot, you know, they were going to shoot those versions of the murders. Wow. What's the drug theory? That it was like a drug deal go wrong. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I also had lunch at the Mezzaluna. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, and I had ice cream at the Ben and Jerry's. 
that they went to right before that they walked to. That's crazy. Yeah, I was obsessed. The Mazzaluna no longer exists. I think the Ben and Jerry's is still there. Um, wow. And then you timed the drive. I t- oh, I timed, timed I timed the drive from OJ's house in, to Nicole's house around the time they said that the murder was going to happen. At that time, I had a BMW and it had the inner timer in it. You know, mm-hmm. where you could press the timer. Yeah. And I literally timed it. I think it took maybe like no more than six minutes. Wow. So there was time. Oh, definitely. There was plenty of time. Especially if he was speeding. I love that you're doing your own I heard a research. rumor, too, from someone in the business that I know that there was a moment where they were trying to get the cast of the show with the actual participants of the whole Just thing the opposite. For dinner. Just the opposite. What uh, we were actually asked not to uh, interact with our our counterparts um, for really legal reasons, if you think about it, because you know you're you're getting into life story rights. Mm-hmm. So this is based specifically and solely on, on Jeffrey book. Tubin's book, right? So they actually asked us not to talk with our counterparts. Uh, eventually, people started to do it. Uh, you know, they just did. Um, but uh, I didn't i don't think i did until it was over maybe at the tail end tail tail end hmm. but yeah now maybe afterwards they were going to do something but during it no it was just the opposite the only thing that the only thing that i think was a misstep with the series do tell okay and for me it was the most important moment in the actual trial okay was the verdict i think really? i think we met i think they i think with david schwimmer this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you watch the, and if you can Google it so we can show him, if you watch the Kardashian reaction at the verdict. Yeah, it's disbelief. Not only disbelief, but it told the whole story like mm-hmm. in one shot. And I feel like the cameras missed that with Schwimmer. Oh, I feel like which is funny. That's a, probably an editing choice. I think it was definitely an, it was an yeah. it wasn't Schwimmer's. I don't think it was Schwimmer because oh played, yeah, I know he played it. I no, he there. played that. He played, <laughs> yeah. that he played the hell thing. out of that. Yeah, it wasn't Schwimmer. It was the way it was shot because right. I was like because I will never when I watch that verdict I will never forget Kardashian's face yeah. when they announced the verdict and it wasn't it was such disbelief and it was like how the fuck did he get away with it? Yeah, that was the look. No. It, it's it's a shocking, shocking tale. I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's the only thing I was like, oh, I wish they would have got more of that. This is really, yeah. I feel like, on the tip of your tongue because you just watched the finale last night, correct? I just watched the finale last night. Yeah, only so because, fresh. That's interesting. Well, yeah. I watched it last night only because I hadn't watched the finale mm-hmm. yet. And I, you know, and obviously this was months ago. Uh, this Or was it a year? No, almost. It was in 16. Yeah, it aired yeah. in the beginning of 16, yeah. Yeah. I I uh, and I, it was so good, and I was so in love with everyone and the mm-hmm. and the and the actual writing and everything that I didn't want it to end. And I even though I know the ending, right? You right, are right. such a freak. I was like, I can't. So then you're just I, like savoring it, so you so can I, just pretend I like it's still it, happening. I kept the season finale, mm-hmm. yeah, because I was like, I don't want it to end. And then I had. I went to go watch it last night, and it was it disappeared from my DVR, so I had to go to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> You had it on there and it finally kicked like, it out. Oh my God, it's gone. That was so hilarious. Stupid. I was freaking well, out. Fortunately, it's on Netflix, so you yeah, got it. Yeah, and I was like, oh God, please let this be on Netflix. Well, I, I, you know, I don't remember that. I mean, I remember that moment in, in the film, but I don't remember whether we, we got it right, quote unquote, or not. Uh, but what I do really remember 
most about what um, the producers and director and, and everyone put together in the finale was the way that everyone responded uh, in America mm-hmm. to to that verdict and mm-hmm. what it meant to everybody. Right. So now you had you had you've been on the journey, especially if you binged it. I had a chance to watch a lot of them. I saw the first six all at one time yeah. before anyone else had seen it. And when you watch it like that, you're literally on the journey all the way to the verdict. And you can understand everyone's perspective mm-hmm. more so than I believe at the time. It was very difficult for people to really grasp how you could have whole communities of people that are kind of che- that are cheering, you know, and then whole other parts of the community that are crying. And those were and sto- I feel that like was stock footage, right? That was stock. That was, yeah, real footage. that was real footage. And I feel like at the end of uh, of our show, I don't think your opinion changes. But I think you have a deeper understanding of everyone's response. Oh, definitely. I felt like. I certainly well, did. And, and I was I there. Because it was like sort of back in the zeitgeist, you know, yeah. with, with uh, certainly people versus OJ. And then the 30 for 30, five Thir- or six yeah. part documentary series. Did you series. watch the depositions? OJ's depositions for the civil trial? Uh, I've, the, on the 30 for 30? Did I watch the depositions? I don't. Because I didn't see all of that. With the whole Bruno Mali thing, that whole moment, did you see that? I did, but I don't remember. I, oh I don't my remember. god, it was remember. like, yeah, I, I was like, this is it. He just fucked himself. <laughs> like he fucked himself. The but Bruno Mali, he did <laughs> that, that Bruno Mali moment yeah. where, because in the depositions, he's like, oh, for the civil case, for the yeah, civil, civil case. Okay. I, I didn't because he had to do the that. deposition for the civil case. Mm-hmm. You have to watch these deposition tapes. Yeah. It's fascinating. So for the civil case. The depositions are happening and they're like saying, you know, that the shoe print was the Bruno Mali and he owned the Bruno Mali. He's like, I never, I would never own those ugly shoes. I never had a pair of those shoes. Never. And it didn't come up in the real court case. For some reason, Ito did not allow that evidence in the court case. Or what I think actually happened was this picture was found after the case was over. Of him wearing the shoes. Of him wearing, wearing the, the shoes. damn shoes. So then in the deposition, they go, oh, really? So what are these? And it's his him wearing the shoes in the picture, walking on a football field. Jesus. And his eyes are, they just, he just goes quiet and his eyes are like giant fish eyes. And he doesn't even know how to react. It's, wow. it's so insane. Yeah. Let's talk real quick. Cuba yeah. Gooding. Cuba. That's my man. Cuba. He okay. Went cause to I've work. seen, I've seen yeah. him at the hockey rank. For the oh, kids. he's crazy. Make no mistake about it. He's obsessed. <laughs> Have you ever seen him? No. Oh, he goes crazy. He, yeah, oh, he's yeah. banging he's on the glass. The like he's... he loves hockey yeah. so much. Like he, I, there's a, to a point where I'm like, this guy is crazy. Like he's <laughs> got to be insane on a set. What's he like? Let me tell you something about Cuba. Cuba. Uh, he's also one of the most professional actors I've ever worked with. He's one of those actors that can be wild and crazy and fun and personable and cracking jokes. Uh, he could <laughs> he could have his iPad out in between takes and and all right action and right there and giving you the performance you saw. Cut and he's back to cracking jokes. He's one of those actors. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he does his homework and he's prepared when he comes. But I'm I'm blown away by him. And what I loved about his casting in um in the show. Uh, and a lot, some people was like, he doesn't look like OJ or something like that. You forget about it. What was brilliant about Cuba being cast as OJ is that people have their opinion of OJ today, right? Right? 
but what you have to do is you have to go back to what people mm-hmm. what what people what the perception of OJ was back, back then. then. And you and have to get somebody well that everybody yes. loves. Yes. Everybody loves Cuba. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's a stroke of genius. Someone that just pluck this actor in here. Everyone's going to love him as a starting point. And then go through that journey with yeah. him. Your conflict with someone you love so much. Yes. And then go on that journey. Yeah, from of, Jerry Maguire to Snow Dogs. I mean, it's really, exactly. we're, we're encompassing all ages. Well, I was, well yeah. I, was, I was wondering if he was their first choice. I don't know. Probably. I would think so because I—I I, I, I mean, who else? I, I, well, I don't know, no. but I do remember that I probably was not the first choice. Well, no, I do. <laughs> I do so, remember that you a whole bunch of brothers pass. All right, we'll take Dale. Well, I remember when it, the first thing I was like, God, that's, that's a weird. I mean, he's a great actor, but right. I was like, because I have that OJ, but I forgot about it instantly. Like yeah. he totally—he was OJ at that yeah. point. Like I was like, got it. Yeah. Plus. And it was not a huge, huge role in the right. sense of like you know because well it, became it wasn't about really the, about him it, it, it was about it was about the team the, right. the, the legal team mm-hmm. right. so you know um, the judge Ito who is that guy Kenny Choi Kenny Choi has been around forever matter of fact his first job was the Kristen Chenoweth show shut up he Are guest you starred me? on our show Kristen You're kidding back in ninety seven something like that that was his first gig he stayed we were joking about it because he was so nervous and. He would mess up lines, and he thought he was going to get fired. And I was like, dude, nobody oh was thinking God. about you. We were all nervous about our own job. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, that was his first gig. But he since he's he was in Captain America, and he, you know, he's he's out he there. He sounded brother. just like oh, a- uh, Sons of yeah. Anarchy. That's his. Oh, that's wow. his That's okay. been his main gig. Yeah, he's, he's love that guy. Okay, John Travolta. Of course, John Travolta. Amazing. I mean, that's my buddy. I was shocked that he took the role. Well, he's a producer. On the ah, no, he's not just an actor; he's a producer, and he he's was, one of the hardest working actors I've ever seen. He was so too. brilliant as Shapiro, so good. So the brilliant. lips, I he love what he would do with his so mouth, hard. the way he would kind of like purse his lips yeah. like that and and speak. He I was, just because I knew during the actual trial there was such a dynamic between the lawyers; it was a love hate relationship yeah. Yeah. with all, and because people were coming in and leaving and not yep. some he started the trial and then you never he never spoke again for yeah. a while mm-hmm. and then Effley Bailey came I mean it was a right. whole thing I mean the strategy was nuts it was confu- I bet it was really confusing here's what's crazy that the show outlined that I think a lot of people forgot it certainly certainly reminded me that it was Shapiro that came up with the strategy of making this about race yes yeah and then it got out of control and yes. he was like whoa yeah, you know, because, but that was Shapiro's strategy, not Cochran's. Right. No, it was definitely Shapiro's strategy, yeah. and the fact that he was being outshined by Cochran yeah. really bothered him. That's what bothered him yeah. a lot, I think. Yeah, I mean, but a brilliant dude. I mean, look, Shapiro was brilliant. I mean, they were all brilliant. Can we talk LegalZoom.com? That's Shapiro's. I just, is it? Yeah, I, I use LegalZoom all the time. Yes, that's I did not Shapiro. Know that. no, he's a genius. He is. He was um, what? So John. Did we talk Scientology with John Travolta? <laughs> I did not talk Scientology with John Travolta. Come on. He had I to, didn't. Were there, let me ask you this. Were there Scientology members on set with him? Uh, watching what's going on. I, Listen, th- I watched that Leah Remini series. You know, what's, don't miss a what's beat. Fun, not that I saw. <laughs> well, you, you know, probably didn't he know had it. his assistant and all that, but I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on with that. Now, I it, just need none of know. that came in, none of that came into play. There was no, it wasn't a Scientology I just got to ask the questions, Dale. <laughs> Um, Ryan Murphy. 
Ryan Murphy. Did you enjoy working with him? One of the most satisfying experiences ever. What was crazy about it is he's he's in and out, man. He doesn't dilly-dally. He doesn't. He's decisive. He's clear. You know, I remember one scene in particular I was doing at the, I I don't know if you remember the scene. It was at the bar when F. Lee Bailey uh, uses the N-word for the first time. And he said, this is my strategy. We're going to, you know, use the N-word. And I'm like, you know, excuse me and i'm and i'm i'm like this is fucking nuts right and he was like all right dale do it again matter all right do it again matter mad as fuck and that's it that's like all you ever really got unless you in other words he didn't mess with you if it was right right and then he would fine-tune he would come in and say all right do that different maybe do that or how do you feel about that all right let's do it again he was one of those he's one of those directors that knows how to bring it out of actors without feeling like you're being told what to do. Yeah. You know, for the most part, he let these actors do their thing. But all the while, you know, he's watching it all and he's putting all the stuff together. Mm-hmm. He's a mad genius. I feel like he casts. He, he casts, casts so right. well. He knew what he was doing with the casting. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I Did mean, Did you guys do awesome. a full table read before? No, because it didn't work that way. So there was there was. Uh, well, no. Let me let me back up. Uh, see, I did. I wasn't in the pilot, so I wasn't in the pilot. Uh, I wasn't in the first episode. So they might have. They might have. We didn't do that. We would just read scenes. And there was no chemistry test or anything like that. No. They just sort of went. But there is this awesome. Knowledge. What I think is a selfie from David Schwimmer. Oh, that's funny. That I found. Which one is that? Guys. Oh, yeah. That is Courtney's camera. Uh, David grabbed the camera and uh, took a selfie of us on set. I love that's that. Great. That, I, that um, what's his name's, the guy who played, what's his name's father? Um, uh, Goldman. Goldman, yeah. Like he's in the background smiling. I know. <laughs> like, it's like so weird. I'm a perfect example, man. Because I mean, they look so much like them. So it, much. What's funny is he looks nothing like him out of, out of character. And not at all. You almost wouldn't recognize him. It looks nothing wow. like that. But again, perfect example of the work that everyone put into it. Not just the leads, but every take. He'd be back there crying or giving yeah. it 110% whether there was a camera on him or not. God. Now, we had sometimes up to six cameras going, flipping you, I, around, spinning. It was nuts. Did wow. anyone have to use menthol for the crying? Not that I saw. <laughs> there's so much of that one tear cry that's like, I mean, like, there's so much of that. Like, just the one single thing from the, from the, it sounds no, These weird. are real actors? These aren't, like, your kind of, no, like, but let's I just no. was like, yeah, matter of fact, you remember the last scene when, like, when, when, when. Johnny's crying when uh, yes real tears on the take with, with right the, there with, action he with, just brought it when he's watching Clinton on when TV he's watching Clinton he just brought it you know action and he's there and there's and I'm watching these actors this is some of the to watch Sarah Paulson and Courtney and honestly um, uh, uh, Sterling mm-hmm. working face to face I mean there was one time <laughs> and we joke about this still to this day but um, one time, Sterling was. He, 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 I was so enthralled by his performance that I totally forgot my line. I was just watching him like you're watching him at home, and you know he's waiting for me to say my line, and I'm really, I'm really fucking up the scene, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, and they're like, cut, cut, let's do it again, and I'm like, 
you know, the, the whole audience is, uh, the whole gallery is laughing at me. And I'm like, guys, you guys stand here, do a scene with this guy and not get lost sometimes. Right. The performances were so extraordinary, you know? The, um, the closing arguments. Yeah. Were those word for word or were they? No. No. No, they definitely weren't. There, there's a lot that. of similarity, very close, but they weren't word for word. I don't think they, legally, they could make them word for word. Why? It's, uh, no, I think they probably could. No, they could. It's, like it aired on, yeah, I yeah. think they could. I think they could. I, I don't see I, why they I would could. use it as a monologue. But well, you know how yeah. long the closing <laughs> arguments were? They were really long. There, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, I know they're yeah, very yeah. long. Um, okay, so wait, we talked about John, uh, David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer, brilliant, man. Ross. Ross. He will always be Ross to me. He's actually, the, the scene with him and Malcolm Jamal Warner. Jason. Oh, yeah. To me, it, when he's talking about the doubt, when he's really got that doubt. Mm-hmm. It kills me. I mean, yeah. that's some of the finest. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. David was awesome. Nathan Lane is a nut. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He was, he's one of the funniest people yeah. I've ever met in my yeah, life. In between like, takes, yeah. he had us dying. Dying. And he was so good. Yeah. Cranky. I mean, I can't imagine w- wanting that job to end. Like, it must have been, like, bittersweet. I, I just can't imagine. What was the rap party like? <laughs> uh, you know, we didn't have one. What? What? No, we didn't have Come one. on. No, we didn't have one. That sucks. Low budget. Low budget, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah, I don't think... They you know, spent all the budget on that beautiful set. Oh, my God. The most se- the- independent... F- most mid-level films have the per-week budget of that show. Yeah. Oh, I bet. It was nuts. It's nuts what they spent. They had to. Nuts. Because, and I was telling you earlier that the DP. DP. It was, I mean, it captured that time period. Extraordinary. Uh, Everyone that was, that did anything technical on that show was brilliant. They won all the Emmys, so it it was, you know, they got what they wanted out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, even from like the chin chin moment, I was just like, oh, the chin chin, yeah. I was, was like, awesome. that's how did they do that? Because it looks like chin chin did when it was like, it was like 19, at that time. That's 90, exactly it, what it looked it like. It freaked me out. I was like, going, what the fuck? Who is? I was like, who's doing? Who's shooting this? Yeah, production it's, designer and the DP. Yeah, those it was guys. insane. Um, the jury scene where they go crazy. Yeah. How You're accurate watching is that? Seinfeld? Yeah, and they're like, "No more Seinfeld." <laughs> I was freaking out. Like, remember when the girl freaks out and runs out? Like yeah. that happened. That that happened. You know, that actually he wants happened. to be on a jury so badly. So I'm obsessed with court stuff, right? Obviously, and I need to get on a trial like this because wow. I no, you know, you're gonna, you're not gonna get that. You're gonna get some dude. You know, the book deal alone, please. Are you kidding? He's never been on. He's never been selected. I've never he's never been selected even for a jury. They know yeah. that. They they won't. They know he's you never just even get gotten in there and, a summons for jury. Never. Jury. Now I don't know what. I haven't either, actually. What is that about? Why do I keep getting them? Yeah, I'm dying it's like to every do it. Eight I love it. Yeah, my girlfriend. It's a civil duty. I have to do it once, and they won't summon you. No, no. No, I think it's an Arab thing. It might be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> They'll probably get my brother before they get me. Yeah, no, they will. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Sucks. I'd love to see your brother sitting in a. In a, in a oh, in a he would be the worst. Can, can he would, you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. He would be the worst. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you because I I have my opinion and I yeah. and I I know your opinion because I've been studying some interviews with you. Uh oh. The verdict. Dale's opinion. Dale's opinion of the mm-hmm. verdict. 
Uh, are you asking me if I think that he did it? I'm asking you if the, the verdict is right. I think the verdict is right. Okay. And the reason I uh, that does not mean that I think that he's innocent. I know that. Um, from, you know, look, I'm no attorney, but I've had the benefit of studying this trial in an interesting way. I've, I've talked to um, Carl. Um, and the interesting thing about it is that a couple of things that 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 happened is that you've got the Mark Furman tapes, okay? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the evidence was tainted. Yes. Okay. And a lot of people don't talk about that. And a lot of this is after I was talking to Carl about this. But do you remember? Remember making a murderer? Yes. Okay. We heard about how the eat the did what is it the EDDT. Um, Yes, the, the preservative, the the, yeah. the the preservative. Yeah. yeah, they were talking about that kind of stuff in the OJ trial. It's just, that but no one knew what that meant. Right. right, the jury did. There was something wrong with some of that stuff. Some of it, right? And here's the thing with our our system: if 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 some of the evidence has to be questioned, you have to question all of it. You have a doubt. Right. A doubt, and um, normally, if you didn't have the dream team, yeah, mm-hmm. OJ would have been locked up day one. But when you have that level of defense, um, this is how our system works. They did not prove without a reasonable doubt that he was guilty. I don't think many of the jurors, I think a lot of the jurors even probably, and this is just my opinion, may have felt that maybe he did it, but un- the prosecution didn't make the case right? beyond a reasonable doubt. That was my opinion completely. I They call it burden of proof. The right. burden of proof is so on the prosecution. I, I knew, I mean, I think he totally did it. <laughs> I mean, there's just, I just, he, I mean, I just... That's your he, gut feeling. It's, he did it. Yeah, I, th- I, I but think. But when I watched the trial, uh, I absolutely, I was like, there is a reason. Look, when you, have, when you have the officer that found the bulk of the evidence, and some of the evidence is flawed, you have him point blank saying that he's a racist, yes. you know, the N-word, all of that. Ha- he, he has planted evidence. Yes. He will plant evidence. And then directly asked, did you plant evidence in this case and he pleads the fifth if you're a jury right juror member regardless of what your gut is you what can. am i supposed to do with well, that exactly. further you're an african-american woman that has experiences unique in this country right this was something that carl brought up to me that i thought was interesting um particularly white people in america but a lot of mainstream america um, has this idea of the benefit of the doubt of police. A lot of African-Americans in this country don't have that same benefit of the doubt because right. their experiences are different. Correct. Right? But think about it like this. The cop, when a cop comes, you know, in, in to try, he's a witness, he, he's coming in. He is not, he's got a vested interest in a guilty verdict. They have arrested him. They've brought the case. So when you ask them, 
these kinds of questions and and you know what are your what's your opinion what what are your thoughts on this a lot of americans mainstream america are going to err on the side of i i believe him all right i i i'm going to err on the side of believing what he has to say but from a completely different perspective sure i'm going to err on the side that he has a vested interest he's not a innocent bystander right. he's got less credibility then one might even say he has less credibility in this situation than a third party witness who's a crack addict who happened right. to see the crime. Sure. Now, we can easily discredit that third party crack addict that saw it. He's a witness. As we've all watched television, we get on there and they have no credibility, right? right. They're immediately thrown out and their testimony is thrown out. But they don't have a vested interest in this. Right. Right. So. That's some of the things that the jury is looking at that they have to take into account. One, their experience is not benefit of the doubt just going into this thing. And then two, understand that the police department has a vested interest in a guilty verdict. Right. Well, and which is why, you know, good lawyers always know Mm -hmm. that in choosing and selecting their jury, they're always as biased in some way. And they try to stack the jury towards towards their own benefit at the end. I Absolutely. mean, that's you what know. was crazy about this jury is that both sides thought they had, I know they thought they had totally. a jury they they that locked was it the, up. The, both sides. Yes. They thought they had a jury that was, that was sensitive to their yes. perspective. Yes. Well, the problem was that the prosecution underestimated the defense because the defense not only pulled out like magic tricks, they like did a fucking full Vegas show. Like it was, and also I think there's two things that are going on. I think that there was, you know, definitely there was a there was racial tension Mm -hmm. for sure happening because of the the Rodney King. Yes, that had happened right. That's fresh. You're also also introducing DNA pretty much for the first time. Yeah, no one understood that stuff. And I think all of that worked a lot, um, uh, worked on the jury's minds Mm -hmm. probably a lot more significantly than the other part of this, which was domestic violence. That's correct. And that was the calculated mistake, in yes. my opinion. I think Marsha Clark, oh, Clark underestimated. She underestimated how big that would be because right. she tried to stack with all these women who would feel so sympathetic to the horrors of how the how Nicole Simpson died. And that, unfortunately, the victim in all of this, mm-hmm. her and Ron Goldman, they, I mean, it became about something much bigger than it was about their deaths, I think. The thing about it, at the end of the day, Two young lives were snuffed out. Absolutely. And it's a tragedy. Well, and, you know, somebody has not paid. And I, you know, I think, you know, look, even people that were cheering, I think a lot of them, you know, I think, I think most people are clear who did it yeah, in their minds. Now, especially. Especially now. And I, I don't think there's. You know, I think that will always be the case. Yeah, it's and, really and it's an American tragedy. It's an I think, American from tragedy. All sides. You it's can talk American. about fame and fortune. Absolutely. Celebrityism. Celebrity and like the what comes with that mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean it's it's and I think that's why ultimately it made such a great movie because you've got so many elements that are you know. Well, and the best rape. part of the mm-hmm. worst part of this whole thing was that he ends up paying in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, else. you know, karma's a bitch, right? Karma's yeah. a bitch. Now he's up for parole this year. Yep. 
Really? Yeah, he's going to get out this year because he's been an upstanding prisoner. Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> he's been an upstanding. <laughs> he citizen. wasn't the worst prisoner, like but he's not a very good civilian, <laughs> but an outstanding good, right. prisoner. Yeah. So he's going to more than likely get released. I'm so curious where he's going to go, what he's going to do, and like got how be, do you how do you get back? He's got to be near, kind of brokeish at this point, right? I don't think so. I think they 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 They've, they locked his money they up hit, right. They, that's why he moved to Florida in the first place. Um, um, yeah, but, but also another tragedy in it. As, in talking about the tragedy, you're talking about the deaths. You're talking about, and it, it was also an indictment on the police department and and celebritism and and, but but also the system that we have created, the judicial system that we've created. Again, Carl brought this up to me, and I hadn't thought about it like this before. But it was an interesting point that he said. I be, this is him saying essentially that he thinks that this is a tragedy. Now, he absolutely believes O.J. is innocent. No question about it. And it was fun for me to play that character because he's one of the few people, I think, on this planet that believe that unabashedly, right? Um, But one of the things that he said to me, the the, the trial and, and everything is a tragedy because the system as played out by what the Dream Team was able to do um, in, in order to get that verdict, mm-hmm. that's the level of defense that everyone is supposed, supposed to, have. to have. Exactly. There are many, many sad s- people out there that go to jail with far less oh, evidence gosh. against them, or, or that are innocent. Right. Of course. And and it does. It comes down to a class issue. Absolutely, as well. it's a class issue, and that's the thing that I know that Carl feels you know should be brought to light and, and talked about. From this job, have you gotten a lot of? I mean, yeah, I've been yeah, I've been very fortunate. It's been great. I just, uh, like I said, I shot the a pilot. I shot two pilots. I shot another. I'm doing a, another pilot. Uh, I shot the comedy Get Down for what? Oh, yeah. uh, for BET. Nice. Okay, that well crazy. that should get picked up. I guess starting that. No, it's already <laughs> uh, it's already up. It's already uh, picked up. I think it airs sometime this fall. And uh, I, shot, I shot the. Just no, I just guest starting. I'm just going in and out, man. I'm fucking okay. in and out. And uh, I'm just having fun with that. But mostly I've been working behind the scenes. I've been producing uh, a number of films. Oh, and, great. And uh, I'm, I'm shooting currently a movie uh, with Lionsgate that I'm really excited about. Awesome. Well, Christine and I are available. Yeah, are if you? you ever need... You can come in. I want you Look, guys you know, to be in there. Will you be in my movie? Yes, If you want like, a really quirky guy and an old lady, we're <gasps> the perfect match for you. Excuse me. An old man, a young lady. If you want uh, like maybe a hot young mom and <laughs> no, her... Right. Annoying, kind of crusty sidekick. How about a, a college schoolgirl? Oh, yes. <laughs> Start. <laughs> Done. And then you have you're involved with a lot of charities as well. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my my passion. Um, I uh, launched a uh, a charity um, initiative, a charity about four or five years ago, and then an initiative about three years ago called Project Now. And uh, the name of my foundation is Always in the Club foundation which is a play on the mickey mouse club oh cool and we focus on youth empowerment youth education youth and arts um and uh when we launched our first initiative project now we got support from both president bill clinton uh supported us and uh president bush and we did that to show bipartisan support and we did an event and bush came out and spoke at our event and uh we raised money together to help launch the the initiative that's great and um um, really excited about that. We've done a series of fundraisers to raise money for some of our initiatives. Um, and I always implore people to go to our website, Project Now for Youth, mm-hmm. F-O-R, mm-hmm. youth.org. 
mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're we're trying to get the word out about what we're doing, and uh, basically we're 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 promoting programs that rapidly address the educational needs of at-risk youth in America. For instance, kids that are reading three to four grade levels behind, uh, we have a program that gets them on grade level reading within 12 weeks. Wow. So that's why we call it Project Now, to rapidly change the trajectory of their lives, right? Because all of the kids that we've started with so far have at least one kid incarcerated, have at least one parent incarcerated. Wow. Right? So they're in, in broken homes. And uh, they're on a trajectory of, of frankly, failure. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do is rapidly change that. That's smart. You got to do it when they're young. Yeah, John Travolta actually came out to our last fundraiser. We did uh, a fundraiser called City Gala. Did he talk Scientology? No, oh, but he did do the ask. Pulp Fiction dance. <laughs> oh, he did? Oh, yeah, amazing. Did Pulp dance. Yeah, oh, good. It was great. He was awesome. It's a good sport. Yeah, you know, Christine, amazing. you should look into this Project Now thing because she's got weird reading. She, like, she says, say amphitheater. Oh, my God. You <laughs> are the show. Say template. Template. I thought it yeah. was amphitheater. Amphitheater. I've been saying it that way my entire life. Apparently, it's amphitheater. I was adding an extra L. Oh, I, look, God. you know, my mom is from the Midwest. We have there's some southern things happening. There's yeah. a lot of weird pronunciations going mess on up, in my man. life. I mean, I was like, there'd be we were doing podcasts. And I'm like, what did you just say? Babies in my house drink milk, <laughs> not milk. Where are you from? Milk. <laughs> I'm from Atlanta. But Atlanta, my mother is from that's yeah. My mother is from Palatine, Illinois, and there's a lot of very strange pronunciations in my house. Yeah. So, all right. I'm just saying we got what is it? ProjectNow.org. ProjectNowForYouth.org. ProjectNowForYouth.org. Go and Dale. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, my name. That's the best way. I'm at Spell Dale it. Godboldo. That's D A L E G O D B O L D O. So that's at Dale Godboldo, Twitter, and always in the club. Official Dale Godboldo on Facebook. Yes. Okay. Official Dale Godboldo on Facebook. And are you on Instagram? I'm on Instagram at Dale Godboldo. And you'll see more of his snappy dressing because you are a very snappy dresser. Well, thank you very much. I don't know about all that. I appreciate Uh, it. You know, I learned a lot from, you know, (laughs) I'll never forget. Style before comfort. Oh, that's That's a lot. And Albert just said that. Going back to that, I learned a lot about fashion from from a lot. Weird because he's definitely reversed it right now. Now you you reversed it. Back in the day, I'm talking about it's summer, two hundred degrees outside. This guy would be in you know suede suit with (laughs) with patent leather pants, (laughs) sharp. Yes. Ouch. Yes. Fly. Just fly. That's correct. You need like baby powder to get those pleather pants off at the end of the day. Style before comfort. That's That's right. Style before comfort. You have no idea. Well, Dale, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This was so interesting. And and I absolutely love your performance in that movie. Oh, thanks Um, so much for having me. So I look forward to what all the new things. This was a lot of worse stories, but it was, I mean. It was, I mean, it was insight into some of, the, I think, one of the worst tragedies. It is the worst tragedy. In, yeah. you know, the past it's know, 20 years. It's so. And hopefully she'll, they'll get justice. Yeah. Um, you can find us at uh, Christine Lakin. I'm at Yo Lakin on all social media. I'm at Alec Led. Don't ask. And uh, thank you again to our producer and engineer, Stephen Ray Morris. You can find him at Stephen Ray Morris. And if you have any thoughts or comments, please feel free to email us at worstpodcast... Shit. 
please feel free to email us at worsteverpodcast at yeah. gmail.com. Yeah, you've got to apply for this. Uh, what, what is it? I again? know. <laughs> I, sorry. Project Now. I We're have gonna, a little bit of Project Now for you. Dot org. <laughs> it's for me. It's for you. It's for me. All right. Well, we'll hear you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.